It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Yahoo! Welcome to the big show. Today, you guys are going to help me pick the panels, panelists uh, for the road rally, give me ideas for stuff that I might have overlooked that you want. Um, it's going to be a cool show, so let's dig in and get going. Hello, everybody in the chat room. Hello, everybody watching who's not in the chat room. Wish you were in the chat room so that you could give your opinions today. So if you're not already, please jump in. Um, let's see. I want to make sure I am, in fact, broadcasting. That's always a good thing. There I am. Okay. Uh, there they are. Sherry, haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you back. No guilt. No guilt whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, you guys, um, I want to start out the show today by asking a wide open, simple question. Tell me what it is that's important to you that if you're coming to the road rally, these are the topics you're interested in. Just blast them out. Uh, I'm going to go down specific stuff that I'm working on. Uh, but first, I just want to have a wide open blast from you guys. And Liz, if you would be kind enough to write these down, um, I guess we could always go back and, and look at them um, in the uh, chat after the fact. But uh, yeah, everybody's like, hi, hello. Tell me what you want. What are the topics you are most interested in? Oh, we're still doing the highs and hellos. <laughs> Nobody's got any brilliant ideas yet. By the way, the Taxi Road Rally, for those who don't know, is our annual conference. Uh, it is November. Registration starts around 5 p.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m. on Thursday, November 2nd. And then uh, it, the panels start on Friday morning and end on Sunday evening. It's at the Westin LAX Hotel. Every taxi member gets a free ticket for him or herself and one for a guest. Um, okay, uh, panel. Oh, Liz, can you write that one down? Uh, whoops, wow, stuff is coming in already, great. More happiness, thanks Happy Ron, good to see you. Uh, the process of making the music, submitting the music, getting published, etc. wow. That's like the whole ball of wax from start to finish. Okay, so that might be a good breakout class. I don't know that we're going to do that in the grand ballroom because a lot of people already know this stuff. Uh, a lot of taxi members know this stuff, but, you know, that could be a good class. So, Liz, if you would be kind enough to write down class next to that one. John Clavin says, a panel on what taxi can do for a singer-songwriter who only does vocal or piano guitar vocal demos. Okay, that also probably wouldn't have mass appeal for a thousand seat ballroom, but might be a good class. Um, whoops, where'd it go? Uh, I was just with Andre, I was just with Rob Shirelli on Saturday night. Uh, he and I and his son, every year Rob buys like 15 tickets uh, to go to the Starlight Bowl in Burbank. It's kind of like a miniature Hollywood Bowl to see uh, 
a very popular tribute band. The best, they say, the best Beatle tribute band out there called the Fab Four. I've got to tell you, it's it's literally like watching the Beatles do a show at the Hollywood Bowl. It's a trip. These guys are so good. Their personalities, their accents, the music is flawless. Um, they recreate everything and they do it without using any loops or tapes or anything of the sort. Um, it's amazing how four guys can make it sound so good, but they do. It was an incredible night. Uh, yeah, making sure my microphone was on there. I wasn't seeing a lot of level. Um, how to make virtual instruments sound real. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I've been talking to the folks at ILIO. Um, Martin Tishi is a taxi member, and he's also the marketing guy for ILIO that does um, Vienna String Library. Um, maybe I could get them to do that. How to make virtual sound real. I like that. Congrats on your Virgin Road Rally, Greg. <laughs> uh, AV, anyone not here? I'm not sure what that means. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was with Shirelli, and we were talking um, tips and tricks mixing with Rob Shirelli. He and I were talking about the two of us kind of recreating what we've done on Taxi TV, and he will be a guest coming up soon, by the way. Um, and Rob said, well, you know, I just did a panel at the NAMM show with a couple of gentlemen who I'm looking for the stuff right now. Uh, with a couple of guys who happened to write and produce for Adele and Lizzo, and they were great. Do you want me to see if I can get them um, to join me, meaning Shirelli, on stage at the Road Rally to talk about how those records are made? And um, I said, that'd be great. Can you talk to them this coming week, meaning today, tomorrow, Wednesday? and get a confirmation. This happens all the time. He said, oh man, guys like that, they won't confirm until like maybe a week before. I hear this all the time, really big people that say, yeah, I'd, lo I'd love to do the road rally. Just check with me like a week before. So of course that means I can't build a schedule. That means I can't put their names, you know, in the schedule um, to promote the rally. So it's very frustrating. It's harder than you would think. Uh, Robin Frederick will be there. Uh, Sherry Marcus Milano. Um, I know Robin will be there. See, you know, scroll down, see if I can get it to do that without jumping. How to understand mixed genres and where they come from. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Definitely not a ballroom thing, maybe a class. Um, hybrid recording mixing plugins and real instruments that could definitely be a class um oh gosh uh liz put down uh hybrid recording mixy plugins and real instruments um uh, make the note mihai baloney not like oscar meyer baloney but b-a-l-o-n-i i believe uh, I'd like to see a session on mixing and mastering in Logic Pro. 
Um, so would I. <laughs> I got to tell you, I spent the last few days drooling over the SSL, uh, I think it's called the UF8, um, the control surface. SSL's got three products right now that I would love to buy to use with Logic. They kind of recreate, pretty accurately recreate the SSL experience. And that was, uh, I've probably spent more time on SSL consoles than any other. And there was a point in my life where I could operate one blindfolded. Uh, just love that console, everything about it. My last console I had in New York was an SSL 6048E. I believe, and it sounded great. It worked wonderful. Uh, Peach says, my class on scores versus cues. You, you mean the, I, I don't know. Are you talking about the two guys who talked about scoring, scoring gigs? Are you talking about when I got up there and played uh, a bunch of cues in different genres. I'm not sure what you're referring to, Peaches. Um, Marion, you're not coming? Every year I think, ah, I'm finally going to meet Marion. I guess not this year either. Um, what was Sherry's suggestion? Robin Frederick, right? A uh, class with Laurel Ostrander showing how she uses all the music. It was so helpful and informative. I'm going to address that issue in a few moments, but thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, okay, scrolling down to catch up with you guys. All right, Rob Zaccaro, how to take a song idea that's dated and arrange it to be more contemporary sounding. That's a big issue for a lot of people. And I have a note uh, to ask Robin Frederick, because this is the time of year when she and I always talk about what she's going to talk about. She's done a thing before on how to make your music sound more contemporary, uh, but it's been a few years. I was thinking about this year, a uh, title for Robin would be Modernizing Your Songs. Um, and maybe what we could do is have her do the first half hour where she plays some great examples of like what modern singer songwriter sounds like or modern pop versus older stuff and then take some um, random music from the audience members and on the fly make suggestions on how to modernize it. Uh, so that's a possibility, Rob. have mentioned a session on film scoring. Um, I did that thing last year on the main stage where I had two friends of mine that are score composers. Um, maybe we could do a scoring class. 
this is interesting. Will Dolby Atmos require home studios to totally retrofit? Honestly, you know, I spent a fair amount of time boning up on that subject this weekend. And there are several big mixing engineers um, out there, either YouTube videos or articles that I've read in magazines, like maybe Sound on Sound or some others, that are, are saying, I don't want to make records in Dolby Atmos. Um, it's not that they dislike it. They think it's great for films. They you know feel very strongly about it, um, that they like it, but they just don't think it, it works well for records. Um, I, I've heard engineers complain about mixing in 5.1. Um, just, I don't know, back in my day, which was, I started in the business, I think in 74, um, I remember Tom Dowd worked in, uh, worked at Criteria Studios where I started my career. He walked in a control room one day. They were taking down two rear, high rear corner speakers in the control room that were used for mixing and quad. Tom Dowd walks in, a legendary engineer producer. I mean, you can't even imagine this guy's credits. Um, and I had the privilege of having him as one of a few mentors there. He walks in the control room and sees him taking down those speakers up in the corners and he goes, thank God, we only have two ears. We hear in stereo, which, you know, frankly, I mean, yes, you're always hearing reflections from whatever environment you're in, you know, around you, behind you, next to you, on top of you, below you. Um, and I think that that's what surround mixing is supposed to do. But if you listen back to my feelings, if you listen back to a pair of stereo speakers in a room, you're hearing those parts of the room anyway. You don't have a bass player standing behind you and a snare drum in front of you and one vocal harmony, you know, uh, panned behind you to the left, another one panned behind you to the right. Oh, it's, it's all a little confusing to me, but I am old school. Um, and, and I don't believe that production music libraries are getting asked by any music supervisors for music that's mixed in Atmos. Uh, you know, look, let's face it. A lot of the music that you guys supply to the libraries who then supply it to the supervisors, a lot of that music is in a bar scene playing in a jukebox off in a corner or a car radio. Um, it, it's not rare, maybe that's too strong a word, but it, it's not all that often that a song is played in full, upfront, featured with no dialogue around it. So unless a song is played in that context, does it really matter if it's mixed in 5.1 or Atmos? Um, if it's, you know, ostensibly coming from a jukebox 50 feet away? I don't think so. Uh, Were the friends who did the film scoring members? Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know, Marion. Um, Ed's an introvert. So am I. Um, I know it's hard to believe when you see this personality on Taxi TV. <laughs> I am an introvert. I am truly an introvert. There's nothing I would rather do than sit on my couch and watch TV all by myself. Well, with my wife, obviously. But um, yeah, yeah, we can put that down. Uh, remember 
for one of the virtual road rallies, I had a friend of mine who has been a taxi member, who's a really good musician and songwriter, um, who's also been a therapist for like 35 years, and he did a thing, and I was shocked how many people loved that. Ooh, this is a good one. Um, could we have a successful member read a brand new listing live, go over the request details, then show us their method for getting started, such as picking a key, a tempo, and instrumentation? I love that. Uh, I think that's a great idea. Let me get my microphone a little closer here. Um, yes, I really like that idea, and I'm scanning my list to see if there's anybody doing something where they could incorporate that um, in what they're already doing. Please have Dennis Sands for the orchestral mixing for a class. Um, he lives in Santa Barbara and he is pretty much a homebody. Uh, last I talked to him, he was still really worried about COVID and literally like not leaving his house or his studio. Um, did, did I repeat his class last year during one of the sequels um, because they spent a, a small fortune uh, hiring camera crews and editors and stuff for the classes that he did um, and then gave me an edited version of it to play for a sequel which I thought was incredibly good um, ooh, low airplane going over there um, I'll see if maybe Dennis wants to do a live Q&A for a sequel. Making a note about that. And this year, I'm thinking, frankly, I didn't want to do sequels this year. It was really hard last year doing the rally and then the next morning at 9 o'clock doing the sequels. But I am thinking about uh, doing sequels on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but not starting until three or four in the afternoon. So it's a little bit more like um, like Taxi TV. Cause a lot of people didn't show up for the sequels in the first half of the day because they were working. It's still your day, Michael. I'm not sure what that means. Are you talking to me, Michael? Um, is having Alan Parsons still a possibility? You know, last year he was like, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. Uh, and then he had some minor surgery, which meant that he was out. Um, I thought about reaching out to him for this year. Um, I've certainly followed his career. Let me, when I tell you about some of the stuff where I've already asked people, you'll go, woo, yeah, maybe you should find out if that's happening. This is always the hard part, is while you're waiting for certain people to confirm, um, other people don't. 
And so you, you can't ask other people till you know somebody else is not going to because you can't have two or three of the same thing. So it's really a juggling act. That's why we don't publish a schedule until a couple of weeks before because it's that hard to get things locked down. Um, how to make 15, 30, and 60 second edits. That's a great one. I love that. Uh, Liz, please put that one down. Put a star next to it. Uh, from brief to submission. Well, somebody kind of brought that up already. Uh, where is the broadcast? Are you not seeing me, Libby? Uh, the problem with doing brief to submission is, okay, so let's say somebody who does this thing decides to do one on like orchestral hybrids. There's so much about that that's different from somebody doing a love song. So we have to think about that and getting the, you know, the same person to do a couple of them, not so easy. I'm looking over the camera because I'm trying to read what my uh, air conditioner said. It's this time of day in the summer, it gets really warm in here, even with the air on. Um, yes, you're gonna get virtual content again, two or three days from like three o'clock in the afternoon, probably until around 7 p.m. How about revisiting luffs and showing where the stems need to be in order to get the right final mix? Um, it's amazing. When I talk to friends of mine who are pretty darn active in the library world, mention luffs, they just glaze over and roll their eyes. Most people really, I don't know that they really think about luffs so much as having a good sense of the meter is here and the track is like this, therefore it's at a healthy, good level. Um, I see people that push their levels to the point where if you look at the stuff in, you know, uh, as a waveform, it's just a brick. So that's actually a bad thing in my opinion, reason being that when a, an editor is auditioning stuff and they look at waveforms, they look for stuff because they can see by looking at a waveform how a cue is laid out and if they're good edit points and if it tends to get bigger as it moves forward, all those sorts of things. And if it's just a brick, you can't even see where the edit points are, um, let alone the dynamics. So there's a case to be made. Um, Greg Carrozza, presentation or a panel on why make music for sync? Maybe, <laughs> because it's the most realistic way to make money if you're a musician these days. Um, I gotta tell you, I made a note here. Uh, I'm gonna read some of my notes, but I'm enjoying the fact that I'm getting really good information from you guys. Mention how hard it is to not use panelists that I know are great just because, oh, so every year I have a dilemma and only somebody who does the same convention or conference 
year after year would know what I'm talking about. But there are some people who are just great on a stage. Um, I know I can rely on them to bring their A-game, to disseminate great information that really can help move people's careers forward. But how many years can I have the same people up there? So then I have to make these phone calls that are really tough because a lot of these people have become very close friends of mine over the years. I have to call them up and say, you know, this would be the seventh year I've had you on the main stage and I've got to get some fresh faces up there. Otherwise, it looks like I've got six best friends in the industry and that's it. And uh, they go, yeah, yeah, I get it. And then I get the fresh faces because their resumes look good. Maybe I've seen them on a video online. I've done a little research. I've looked at their LinkedIn page. I know people that know them. In some cases, I know people say, oh yeah, he was on stage at the ASCAP Expo in 2017. It was great. And then I get them up there and they're not great. And it's horrible when you're moderating a panel and my only goal when I'm moderating is to make sure that you guys in the audience are getting information that can actually, that you can take home with you and act on it first thing next week and move your career forward. I don't love panelists sitting up there, you know, well, my career and my songs and my this and my that. We don't really care about them unless what they're teaching is helping you. So uh, there's that. Um, actually, I wanna look at one of my settings. My microphone is not exactly where I want it to be today. And I wanna make sure that I've got the right microphone selected. Input, oh, no wonder. There we go. I was on the wrong microphone. Does it sound any different or better now? <laughs> I was using my MacBook Pro microphone because I had to do a couple of uh, zooms over the weekend and I hadn't changed yet back to um, my USB mic. So there you go. Here, I'm going to crank it up even a little bit more. There we go. Now we show plenty of healthy level. All right. That makes an engineer smile. Um, Sorry, I have so many of these. I'm so backlogged on messages. I've got to scroll up to find them. Yeah, not a lot of likes for today's show. Come on, 33 likes? Okay, 34 likes. Let's have 64 likes. Um, How about believing in yourself and your music? Maybe a class. Um, all right, making friends with metadata, uh, suggested by Sherry. Um, every year I think about metadata and we've had some metadata classes and it's amazing how poor, you know, it breaks my heart when I go to the trouble of tracking down like really excellent people to put up on stage in the ballroom and they move things around to make sure that they can join me. And mind you, you know, they're not getting paid for this. They're driving halfway across Los Angeles and going to these things uh, out of the goodness of their own heart. 
And I tell them, yeah, we got a ballroom with a thousand seats. And I do a panel on metadata and we've got 200 people with 800 empty seats in the ballroom. I can see the disappointment on their faces. So maybe a class for metadata. Um, and frankly, Steve Barden would be the perfect guy for that. Believing in yourself and your music. Ken, have you read uh, Stephen Pressfield's books? You need to. All right, here's one from Mark Field, and this one's on my list. How about a panel on AI as it affects our industry? Nobody actually knows how it's affecting our industry today, or, I mean, we can all prognosticate uh, about how it might affect the industry in the relatively near future, in the midterm, and then the long term. I think it's a fascinating topic. Sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's encouraging. But at this point, we're all guessing. Um, and I'll tell you in a minute, I've got somebody who is a potential keynote that I would love. And when you hear who it is, you'll go, oh, that person would be able to give some great perspective on AI in the future of the industry. You know, if I can address AI for a moment, um, I have little doubt that AI will be able to create incredibly good music someday. The speed at which the government bureaucracy moves in the face of technology moving at light speed, um, and then copyright laws. It's gonna be so long before they figure it out and get it right that even though the technology might be there, libraries or TV networks, people that are licensing music may not be able to use it because the copyright stuff may not be worked out. That's just me guessing. Um, I'm a decent guesser. <laughs> But that's a big, big uh, item. I don't know uh, how accurate I will be about that. Writing for a living is a lifetime of study of composition, media. You must fit to the request. No quick fix, just continuous work and growth. That's true. Everybody wants the quick fix. What's the magic little thing? What's the secret sauce, the silver bullet? There isn't one. Hard work, that's the secret sauce. But people don't want to do hard work. Ooh, that's hard. Hard is icky. Is Michael Lloyd going to be there this year? Yes, I just talked to him on Thursday of last week. You know, Michael Lloyd and Rob Shirelli and I and our wives uh, would go out for dinner three, four, five times a year, maybe four in a good year. Um, two typically. And because of COVID, this, Rob and I and Michael haven't seen each other in forever. So we just talked the other day and we made a promise to each other that we're going to get our act together and go out to dinner. Um, scheduling, this is from Ed, scheduling your music production time and making submission deadlines uh, include creating more tracks than requested since they may ask for more right away. Set yourself up for success. Do not miss this month's taxi newsletter, which should be out in about three days, I believe. Um, I spent a big chunk of time yesterday writing an article. As you know, I've been a little ticked off by a certain person on YouTube 
that makes all kinds of claims. He's so sincere, his delivery is so good, and he's a very articulate, certainly smart individual. But he says stuff, he infers that it's taxi without actually saying the name, and it really upsets me because he, he's, he's just flat out lying and he knows he's lying. Um, I did an article not about him in particular, but one of the things that he's been pushing uh, with the course that he sells online uh, for years, which is um, take my course, it comes with a list of a bunch of music library email addresses, and then I supply you with a templated email that will get their attention. And, and what you do is you make full productions, full album productions of ostensibly, or I'm guessing, um, instrumental music, because that's kind of what he specializes in, I think more so than songs, and then send it out to a bunch of libraries. Um, I thought to myself, or I've thought to myself numerous times, there's so many taxi members whose stuff I see in our success stories, part of our website, which is updated every month. Um, it also appears in our newsletter and nobody ever reads the success stories because they still say, does taxi have any success stories? It's like, duh. Uh, anyway, I went through and spent a little bit of time yesterday looking through just like the recent success stories from like the last two months maybe, and grabbing and copying the ones where people said, yes, I've got one thing forwarded by Taxi and it turned into a request for a full album's worth of material. That happens all the time. It's becoming a thing, a very popular thing. So I did an article about that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that's coming out in the newsletter. And I reread it this morning to make sure I didn't sound too cranky. Okay, um, here's how you can achieve success similar to mine, not here's how great I am. There you go. Um, that was by Marianne. Sounds a little better, really. How about a panel on how to collaborate with kindness and respect? Um, why, you didn't like the panel last year on how to be an a-hole when you collaborate? <laughs> how to collaborate uh, to contribute to a team. Um, I don't know that that's an entire panel, but it will certainly come up in either classes or some of the stuff that we will do. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say. I, I see people uh, mentioning in the chat trying to guess who it was that I'm talking about. Um, I'm not going to say. All I can say is he's very sincere and he's very articulate. I actually called him and left him a voicemail and sent him an email several years ago. I was going to invite him to be on stage with me at the road rally uh, and he ghosted me. Success story. I met a library at a road rally last year and have done 31 vocal songs for that library since. Go to the road rally. Thank you, Greg Carosa, for saying that. That's the other thing. Um, that I saw when I was, you know, every month I look at the success stories. Um, sometimes we have to sort, they're, they're not all written. Let's just say all people aren't great writers, okay? <laughs> the information's in there. The syntax, maybe not so good sometimes. So I go through, uh, and lately I've been using ChatGPT to help me uh, with that task. And I've got to say, 
Um, as long as you're working with ChatGPT and not relying solely on it, it's a very valuable tool and it's absolutely been helping me get that job done in a couple of hours, something that used to take me four or five hours. So it's really helpful. Um, taking the high road, I have on occasion. Um, hold on, what did Carosa say? Anyway, uh, yeah, you know, oh, so that's the thing that I noticed. Not only did a lot of people get an offer or request to do a full album for a library because they made a submission, so many people met their, a library they're working with now because that library owner was a mentor at the Taxi Road Rally or that library owner was one of the mentors that um, circulated to their table at the Eat and Greet Luncheon. So there you go. Um, Carosa, thanks for saying that, man. He could not be more right about that. It's like, I, I'm estimating this, this is shoot from the hip, but I would guesstimate that 40, maybe even 50% of all the deals that taxi members get now result from them showing up and going to the road rally and meeting people at the bar, at the eat and greet luncheon, um, after a panel by the stage, please don't do, take my CD, take my CD. It's got every genre in the world on it and I'm awesome. Please don't do that. Um, Marion Dream last night, uh, library owner listened to one of her songs and signed it. I don't want to tell you what I dreamed about last night. It would scare you, Marion. <laughs> I was watching some true crime stuff before I went to bed. By the way, uh, I went to see, what did, oh no, a new Taylor Sheridan TV show has just hit uh, Paramount Plus, which you get through Apple TV in some weird way that I don't even understand. And Taylor Sheridan is the guy that writes and produces um, Yellowstone, 1923, 1883, all great TV shows. And the new show is called Special Ops colon Lioness. And it's about a couple of very tough ladies who are in the military wing of the CIA. And the first two episodes, which are the only two that have dropped so far, really promising, looks to be a great series. Um, Yellowstone, I think, is one of the greatest shows ever on TV. Uh, okay, so thank you for those suggestions. Please feel free to put more in the in the chat room as time goes on here. Um, so as I said, it's really hard to not keep recycling panelists that and teachers and mentors that I know are going to be great. I don't want people to think that we only have so much... Um, you know, access to people in the industry. We have a lot more. It's just when we find great people, we want to keep repeating them. Um, Mason Cooper, music supervisor, personal friend of mine. Um, I love Mason. He's great. He's beyond great. But I don't know how many times I can put him on the stage in the main ballroom and have him repeat the stuff. Here's another issue. 
So let's say that I call up Mason and go, dude, I love you like a brother, but you've been on the main stage now for like five years running. Um, Carrozza, you can't roll. Where the hell are you going, dude? I can give you a hall pass. <laughs> anyway, um, if I put Mason in a class, we'll have 300 people that will show up in his room because they're all hoping that they can hand him a CD or a thumb drive or a business card or something at the end of the class. And then I go, oh, well, no wonder I had nobody in the ballroom for this panelist I worked really hard to get because I stupidly put um, somebody who I know is gonna get a large following into a classroom competing with it. So I have to deal with all that stuff. Um, yeah, the, the, the colon I mentioned was the kind that's like two dots, that kind of colon. Um, Uh, Sherry says, Marcus and I would not be doing the volume of work we do had we not made those connections to the road rally that we turned into real relationships. Big opportunities abound there, meaning the road rally. I remember that, Sherry. You guys got out there and just met everybody you could. Um, yeah, Laura Principato mentioned something that I also have to wrestle with every year. The road rally is great, but too many good classes going on at the same time. Can't be in two places at the same time. I've actually considered pairing the road rally back to just the grand ballroom just the one-to-one -one mentors and just the eat and greet luncheon and doing away with the classes. But I can't, uh, if I do, I'll get, I get complaints for having too much great stuff and I would get murdered if I took away the classes. So I have to deal with this. Uh, Bruce says this will be his first time. Should I or shouldn't have thumb drives with examples of my songs? <clears throat> yes, you should. Um, I mean, traditionally people have brought CDs, but it's getting harder and harder to find a CD player. Frankly, one bummer about uh, thumb drives, thank God they've gotten so cheap now. <clears throat> but I know that I, I've been a panelist at many conventions over the years. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I take a thumb drive and pop it into my laptop uh, when I get back to my room at the conference at night listen and if i don't hear something good pretty quickly uh i'll eventually erase that thumb drive and use it for something uh, personal so you're basically giving a free thumb drive to somebody but that's okay they've gotten really really cheap i can't believe now you can buy like you know a terabyte thumb drive for not a whole lot of money Yeah, I've only got one CD player in my office, and I'm in the music industry, and that's one of those little flying saucers sitting on a shelf collecting dust over there. Uh, okay, so here we go. Um, I've had seven different taxi members or pairs of taxi members already ask me, can I teach a class called Sync 101? <laughs> <clears throat> Look, a lot of our members have progressed really nicely over the years, and they are pretty darn expert at this stuff now. Um, and they want to share what they know, so they want to teach a class. Um, I've got seven people so far. And, and trust me, I will be getting these requests up until like three days before the rally, 
We literally get people that will call just days before the rally saying, I'd like to teach a class at your event. I guess they don't know what advanced planning is or you know, making a schedule, all that stuff. Um, okay, uh, sorry, I'm trying to get caught up. Sync 101 would be great for all. No, it wouldn't. Here's why, Laura, is a lot of people are at Sync 401. So that's another thing I deal with is anything I put in the grand ballroom, I want it to have wide appeal to a lot of people, not just one member or 20 members or even 100 members. We've got a thousand seats in that ballroom. I want to make sure I can get a thousand people in those seats that would be thrilled to learn that information. Um, so there you go. It's, if I do Sync 101, <clears throat> Carosa wouldn't need to be there for that. <coughs> Hang on a second. I'm getting a throat lozenge. I'll be right back. I've had a ticklish throat all day and or tickly throat. So I brought a throat lozenge. So pardon me for doing the rest of the show with a lozenge in my mouth. Um, isn't it better to give out business cards with links to your music like on your website? You know what? Honestly, do you know what I think is even better than a link is a QR code. A few years ago, QR codes, everybody knew what they were. They weren't as ubiquitous as they are now. Now I see them everywhere. And, you know, uh, people use them all the time. And I was thinking about this. If I were you going to the road rally, how would I present my music? Um, I would probably, you know, maybe make something that looks like a CD cover um, and just have your name, your phone number, composer, songwriter, whatever on it in a big honking bar or not barcode big honking qr code on it that way um people can just hold their phone up and listen to your music <laughs> martin gravel remembers the m&m story i was just telling somebody how i almost died from a peanut m&m in a hotel room once Can we have more breakouts with song reviews? We've got the one-to-one -one mentors. We've got the drive-bys at night. We've got um, at least two or three panels in the upstairs ballroom where we do song reviews. Um, and then we do about three panels in the grand ballroom. We do a lot of song reviews. <laughs> hey, throat lozenges can be lifesavers. <laughs> That was a pun, right? <laughs> there are people who make, um, I've seen things that look like a business card, but they're a little thicker and they have a USB um, connector that flips out kind of like a, you know, if this is the USB and I can draw you a picture. So, Let's say this is the business card. There's a USB that flips out and you can plug it in and listen. Those do exist. 
The QR code is a brilliant idea, Michael. Thank you, Martin. I need the SYNC 101, Mark Reel says. Um, can I get that info on the taxi form or archive taxi? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so um, all right. Uh, I'm actually I came up with two female music supervisors that I hope can do it. Supervisors are always tough to get because they work strange hours and it's not unusual for them to work weekends. Um, those are one of the one of the gigs that pretty much if you're awake you could be working and. Two people um, that I know who would be really, really, really good, um, both happen to be ladies. And, and frankly, I made a comment on stage several years ago that I think that music supervision um, as a whole should be proud of itself as an industry or a job. Um, a lot of supervisors are women. It, it, it's an area where I have not seen a good old boys club. And so I came up with those two ladies and I thought, Maybe I'll do a thing in the Grand Ballroom where I have three women that are all music supervisors on stage at the same time. Um, do you guys care about hearing from music supervisors? It used to be everybody thought music supervisors were like A&R people. Oh, if they just hear my brilliant song, then they'll use it in their movie or TV show and then I'll get discovered and everything will be great. If all I need to do is just give my music to one music supervisor. People have finally figured out that music supervisors are kind of similar to casting agents. Um, the supervisors rarely make the final decision. They're in charge of curating stuff that fits the needs of the executive producer of the TV show or the editor of the TV show or the director on a film. So they they say, what are you looking for, Mr. or Mrs. Director? And then they round it up organize it, make sure that it will clear that it can be licensed legally, um, and then they present it to the ultimate decider who is typically the director for a movie or executive producer for TV. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking about having those three ladies, two of whom I know, um, to see if they will do it. Um, let's see. Okay, I am considering, uh, and I'm probably gonna call him tomorrow, although I'm waiting on another person. I can't ask this guy till I find out if somebody else is going to do be my keynote. Um, the CEO of APM Music, which is the largest music library out there. Um, met him years ago, we really hit it off. Um, haven't kept in close touch, but I know him well enough. I'm sure I can get him on the phone. I would love to have the CEO of the biggest um, music library out there and talk to him about what's the future of our industry? What do you think about AI? Is it going to kill it or enhance it? So we'll see. Um, maybe also feature a number of songs that have had multiple placements, been very successful and have the composers break down different processes in creating them. Hmm. Sounded a little complex, but worth considering, certainly. Um, 54 likes, yay. 
Only 77 people watching today. You know why? Because the rest of the people figure, oh, I'm not going to the taxi road rally because I'm so successful in my career, I don't need it. Um, so why would they show up to contribute ideas about what might be good? Well, I'm not getting buzzed from the cough drop. <laughs> it is a good ratio of watchers to like. Okay, so do you like the idea of me getting the CEO of APM? Um, and then underneath that, I had uh, AI panel, which I, I might do a panel on AI and get like a couple of chip head type people, you know, techie people, um, and a couple library owners, and possibly even a film director or executive producer. Um, I'm not going, but here is what I find out what I'm going to miss. Yes, that's true, Timothy. You know, honestly, unless you have a, a wedding or a funeral to go to, or you have some physical limitation, beg, borrow, or steal to get to the road rally. It changes lives. It's not an exaggeration. And if you're thinking, oh, well, it changes 10% of the people's lives. Um, it is life-changing for virtually everybody that goes. It, it's an amazing event that if you seriously want to be in the real music industry, the road rally is the place you need to be. Find a way to get there. AI for music or for music business stuff. I'm talking about AI for music creation. A panel moderated by different AIs arguing over which one writes better songs. That's funny. Just invite a hit songwriter to tell his or her story. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, let's talk about that. So I've had some pretty big songwriters uh, at the Road Rally before. One of them, like 15 years ago, was a guy named Randy Bachman. Do you guys know who Randy is? He's had like a ton of huge hits. Um, he was in the band, the Guess Who? American Woman, um, No Sugar Tonight. Oh gosh, I, I can't even think of all the hits. Uh, and also, um, Randy was in Bachman Turner Overdrive, taking care of business. Randy and I met when I was 13 years old. My band, the Benjamin Franklin Lightning Rod Society, was the opening act for the Guess Who when they toured North America to support their first release here called Wheatfield Soul. Uh, we played at a place called Pitstick's Dairy Lake. and It was basically a lake where cows drank out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and pooped in, and they had a they put sand down, made it into a beach, so you could go swimming in cow poop water. Uh, and they put up a stage and a thing that sold like ice cream cones and hot dogs and hamburgers. And the guess who played if we were the opening act, the Benjamin Franklin Lightning Rod Society. I've already had Jeffrey Steele. Jeffrey Steele blew the roof off the place. He was great. Um, He just played in Okiboji. I don't know where that is. Anyway, Randy Bachman reached out to me about a month ago, sent me an email uh, 
he's been a taxi member off and on for many years, uh, and he still actively pursues writing hit songs. Um, the guy's work ethic is mind-blowing. And, and I've actually been to his house and played around in his studio and all kinds of stuff. Excuse me. And he and I shared a very close friend who unfortunately passed away about five years ago, Ralph Murphy. He was like equally close to both of us. So Randy and I have that in common as well. Randy emailed me and said, hey, you want me to do the road rally? So on Friday, I was looking at Randy's tour schedule. It turns out he's doing a show on Thursday night, November 2nd, 2.9 miles away from the hotel that the road rally will be at. So I emailed him and said, yo, Randy, it's Lasco. Um, yes, I would love to have you at the road rally. You're going to be 2.9 miles away. So I'm thinking he can finish that show up Thursday night, come and stay at the Westin, and then I could put him on stage um, as my keynote. But I've already sent a proposal to Phineas. You know who Phineas is? Phineas as in the brother Billy Eilish. Uh, a very close friend of mine, like really, really close friend of mine, um, handles the philanthropic investments for major sports figures and rock stars and whatever, famous actresses, actors. So um, I have invited Phineas because he makes records in a bedroom studio, famously makes records in a a bedroom studio so what do I do it's like Phineas got the proposal about a week ago but you know a lot of times people at that level they will literally say to me can I let you know a week before the event no I need to know now I need people to know who they're gonna see if they come to the road rally so I have a, a situation, it's like Randy's gonna be 2.9 miles away the night before. It'd be perfect to slot him in for a 9 a.m. keynote, right? Um, Phineas would be amazing, right? So what if Phineas says yes after I've booked Randy? Well, I have to think about that in one of the solutions I came, book them both. Well, yeah, and flip a coin, no, can't do that. Um, so I thought, why don't I, if Randy says yes to the keynote, um, I could bring Phineas in at 5.30 in the afternoon and we did do what I did with Ken Calais, um, who produced Fleetwood Mac's Rumors and many other great stuff, um, get Randy to do another topic. Well, they would probably both be doing different topics anyway. Uh, but, so maybe I'll do that. If Phineas says yes, and again, I know when I, re even though I've got great connections with, with him, a great connection with him, I might not hear back for a month. And, and you can't, like, I can't impose on my friend who works closely with them to say, can you follow up? Can you follow up? Can you push him a little bit? Can you nudge him? I just have to sit back and wait for him to go, yeah, I think I'll do it. And I know the chances are like 80% that he'll forget about it or is touring or going to be working on a record don't know what the schedule is going to be all that stuff so there's that and then it turns out 
that I've got a, not a close friend, but somebody I know pretty well that we see each other at birthday parties, weddings, and what have you. A um, friend of mine who's an engineer. And he is currently working with Dan Nigro, who is the co-writer and producer for Olivia Rodrigo, uh, who had a massive hit, biggest hit of the year, I believe, with the song Driver's License. <clears throat> Has another hit on her hands right now with um, Vampire, a song called Vampire. And Dan Nigro lives about half an hour away from the West End Hotel. I would love to interview him. I've seen him interviewed before, and he was in a band for 10 years, just like you guys, just regular old musician <clears throat> in a band. Couldn't, uh, I think they might have had a deal, I don't know, but at some point, um, walked away from the band, and uh, I mean, the guy was just a band member, and now he produced like the biggest song of 2022. So how does that happen? How do you go from being Dan Nigro in a band to Dan Nigro, a producer who every top act in the country, every top pop act in the country is reaching out to, will you do some stuff with me? So what happens? I mean, potentially I could have Randy Bachman, Phineas, and Dan Nigro all saying yes to me. That will be my problem to solve, and I guess it'll be a good problem to solve, but I'm telling you, man, it's hard to sleep at night when you're juggling those things. Okay, um, what do you guys think about this? A thing called Hear From Your Peers, where I put um, maybe as many as 10 people like Jim Thacker, John Pearson, Jeff LaPlante, Bob Meddy, um, a bunch of successful taxi members. Um, Matt Vanderbilt, can't not have him up there um, and have them all sit up there and just make it an open forum where instead of me moderating where I have to prepare a bunch of questions in advance, you guys ask the questions where it's just wide open. Any question you have, you can pick which one of those people um, and ask. So do you like the idea of hearing from your peers with somewhere between eight and 12 taxi members up on the stage in a big open forum. Um, give me a bunch of yeses if you like that, and so-so if you're kind of lukewarm on the idea. Oh, I'm sorry, Stu, you misspelled yes. You put yup. <laughs> Levi, how are you? twice in one day, dude. Okay, so that got a little love. All right, now my next thing is I got a really, really, really nice letter from an email from a taxi member a couple of months ago, a few months ago, um, who I think was responding to my episode where I was taking that other guy who's in our space on YouTube, taking him to task for just flat out lying, uh, inferring some stuff was about taxi and flat out lying, uh, all for his own benefit to sell his course. And this taxi member sent me a really nice email saying, man, you know, hold your head high. It sucks to be you, but just want to let you know that there are a bunch of us out there that actually really appreciate what you do. And I thought, oh, that's sweet. So I picked up the phone. I called this guy. 
Turns out he lives like 20, 25 minutes away from the taxi office. We're chatting on the phone, and he has this huge personality. Love this guy. I mean, I, I'm not intimidated by his personality, but like stupefied. It's like, wow, I want one of those. I mean, he is the opposite of me, you know, because I am pretty introverted. This guy just has this huge personality. Turns out he's a composer, and he is also, along with his wife, the executive producer of a bunch of true crime shows and documentaries that many of us have seen. Um, he and his wife started the company when they were fresh out of college with a single 16 millimeter film camera. Um, and so I said, you know what, why don't we go to dinner? So we did, we went to like a Korean or Japanese barbecue place where you have a little grill on the table and you sit there and throw little slabs of meat on there, cook your own food while you eat. The two of us hit it off big time, really just had a great, great time. Um, about a month later, we went out again for our second date. <laughs> it went equally as well. We really had a blast with each other. And it was at that one where I said to him, I need to get you on stage at the road rally. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Um, then we went on a third date along with his wife, uh, and she actually told him in the car on the way home, I approve of your boyfriend, meaning me. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm always delighted when I make new friends later in life. You know, a lot of your friends are people that you met in your 20s or in college, and they've been lifelong friends. So I really enjoy it when I get to make new friends. Um, and this guy and I just, for whatever reason, really hit it off. So I said to him, I would love to have, sorry, my cough drop is falling apart in my mouth. I would love to have you do um, how editors, because he edits as well, how an editor uses instrumental cues, like what we did with Laurel Ostrander, but do it with maybe one of his documentaries or maybe some of their true crime shows, because can never get enough blood and guts on stage at the road rally, right? And he goes, yeah, whatever, yeah. I mean, it was amenable to doing it, but not like, yeah, I'd love to do that. So I brought it up again at our third dinner, and he said, yeah, I'll do something. Um, am I going to be up there alone, or are you going to be up there with me? So maybe my friend with the huge personality has a little stage fright or something? I don't know. I can't imagine. I think he's done some acting as well, so he probably doesn't have stage fright at all. Anyway, um, and now pay attention, everybody. He said, you know, I use stems a lot. I'm the person that creates the music and I'm thinking of how I'm gonna use it as I'm creating it. Most of the music in his true crime TV shows, he's created. He said, how would you like me to get up there, you know, with logic on the big screen and video of a scene on the big screen, get up there and do, um, how I use stems. And I thought that's a really good idea because a lot of people don't really understand. They know what stems are. A lot of people confuse stems with tracks, like, you know, individual tracks they think of as stems. That's not true. Those are tracks. It's a group of something that's got a mixed relationship. So he, he mentioned, he said, look, there are times where I take like a synth pad and I pull it out of the track. I take the stem of the synth pad, pulls it, uh, stems 101. Well, we'd have to do one on seeds 101 too. 
for those of you who understand that. Um, anyway, so I'm considering that, uh, and I think he would like to do that. Um, would you guys type in the word yes or so-so? Uh, or no, uh, are you interested in having somebody do an hour on the big screen in the grand ballroom showing why stems are valuable and how they get used in the real world? Yes, stems are like groups of tracks. Wow, good response on that one. Okay, stems it is. Okay, so there's that. Um, next item up is, how would you guys like to learn about sonic branding? I'm always trying to come up with other ways that you can make money with your music in your home studio. And sonic branding, uh, most people don't know exactly what sonic branding is. Um, I happen to know somebody who's quite expert uh, that we could put on stage. Um, sonic branding could be um, four or five notes that go along with a company's logo and a commercial. You know, remember, boom, 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 NBC for years and years. That is a form of sonic branding. It's much more complicated than even I thought. Um, and I reached out to this lady and she said yes. So I'm gonna have her as a guest on Taxi TV, I believe August 7th, August 7th. Um, we're gonna do an episode with her. Okay, so do you like sonic branding? And don't say yes to things just to be like a positive support person in the chat room. I really want to gauge how much interest there is. I don't think Apple ever had a sonic logo, but it's not just, you know, for logos. Interesting. Intel has one. Yes, it does. Some car insurance companies have it. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to determine, is, is that a class with 75 people or is that something I put in the ballroom and hope that I get, uh, you know, a thousand people in there? <laughs> See, Reed says it so perfectly. Depends on what other session is scheduled at the same time. It's so hard. I really do try and schedule, um, you know, so I don't have like two identical topics going on in the ballroom and in a classroom upstairs at the same time. All right, moving on. Um, advertising. Um I mean, I could get the Highfields, who are friends of mine that I met through Rob Shirelli probably 15 years ago. 
um, they are wildly successful with getting their music in advertising, uh, really big ads. Um, I also know a couple of music supervisors who work on advertising music all the time. Um, another good friend of mine is head of music for the largest ad agency in the entire planet. Um, he, he's in New York. He, he did a thing um, virtually for the 2020 virtual road rally, I believe. Um, free beer. There you go. Good suggestion, Crash. Uh, what was a great session? Uh, I mean, we've done many sessions, the, the ones with the high fields. So then the question is, do I put the high fields, uh, Nate and Kaylee up there who are about to have a baby any, literally any minute, I believe. Um, do I have them get up there with Rob and they do their own thing? Do I moderate the three of them? Um, do I create a panel where I've got the Highfields and Shirelli and a friend of mine from a big ad agency and a music supervisor up there? Um, I don't know. These are the kinds of things I have to think about. They were great with Rob. Yes, they were. I just had, I was, the four of us were hanging out on uh, 4th of July, so very recently. Um, okay, here's one that I'm excited about. I hope you guys like this too. And I'm thinking about getting about four or five music library owners and the topic would be on a panel in the grand ballroom the most requested genres for sync ta-da the most requested genres because i get that question all the time what are the most requested genres because people think well i'll just find out what those are i'll make only that kind of music and i will get tons of placements it's not idiotic to think that there's something to that um and i could have each of the library owners play examples of great examples of the most requested genres in their library. And remember, one library may get, you know, like see Laura Principato said uh, EDM. Well, yeah, um, that library may work on, you know, have a bunch of clients that are current TV shows that use EDM because it's a popular genre in the real world right now. Another library might do I don't know, something like Counting Cars or one of the motorcycle shows on History Channel or one or Discovery, and, and they don't use EDM. They would use like a lot of guitar-driven, kind of testosterone-driven guy rock stuff for a show like that. So it really depends on their clientele. If one library owner says, yes, this is a very popular, often requested genre for my company, may not be the case for other companies. Anyway, do you guys like that idea? Um, yeah, I don't know that they can play successful placements. They could play the music that was placed successfully. I don't know that they're all gonna round up, you know, th three minute video clips uh, of that stuff and get permission to play it in a public venue, blah, 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 blah. 
but um, certainly they could say these, you know, let's say, let's just go with Laura's suggestion, uh, EDM, library owner could be bring three EDM tracks or songs that have been licensed over and over again. Okay. Um, Banzoogle. Do you guys all know who Banzoogle is? Uh, by far the number one company for providing um, an easy to use website building tool. Um, anyway, so we're running into this with some of the sponsors this year where uh, because of COVID sponsors figured out, you know, I don't really need to have a booth. We saw that last year. People gave us money, but they didn't want to have a booth. They didn't want to fly three. Last year, they were still a little worried about COVID. Not that worried, but a little maybe. And they didn't really want to fly three or four people out from the East Coast and all their junk, blah, 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 blah. Um, Banzoogle has been a longtime supporter of the Road Rally. We love those guys. Dave Cool is like their VP of member relations or something. One of the nicest guys you could ever meet. So incredibly unassuming, yet super knowledgeable. Um, he, he's like that best friend you had as a college roommate and you're still best friends. He just happens to be quite expert on all the wonderful stuff that websites can do. So I suggested to them that, yes, um, Banzoogle, it, it's funny you guys are posting, yep, I've got a Banzoogle website. I told him I would guesstimate 80 to 90% of our members that have websites um, have built them with Banzoogle because they understand musicians. They know how musicians think and they know what it is that musicians need to accomplish with their websites that they can't accomplish with just social media. Um, a lot of times musicians don't even know what they're missing out on um, and, and these guys are great at telling them. So I said, look, in the end, people build a website for their music because they want to make more money with their music. So can you guys do a video presentation that I can play at one of the sequels that is something like how a website can make you more money for sync and indie artists um, and that maybe we would play it live at the Road Rally in the 200 seat theater up on the mezzanine and then play the same thing as a video during the sequel and add live Q&A after the video is over. So I, I got a pretty good thumbs up from Banzoogle on that idea. Well, it hasn't been great for selling music because you don't have enough people going there. That's the thing, it's kind of like putting a, uh, there's more to it than just building the site. You know, it's like putting a sign on the surface of the moon, you know, free apples you got to have people walking by your sign so they know, so they can talk about that. Um, okay, here's one that I have confirmed that I want to do on the stage um, in the Grand Ballroom with John Pearson and Jim Thacker. I had Thacker on stage last year with Mason Cooper, and I did a uh, passenger profile recently with Thacker for the Taxi Newsletter. He was great. Pearson is great. They're both, um, how can I say it? They're both becoming pretty darn successful. 
They've got their heads screwed on straight. They're quite normal. Um, they do, they're not like egomaniacal about themselves. I like them both a lot. So I want them to cover the topic, why is my music signed but laying there like a lox? Two things that we hear from taxi members all the time, which is, uh, I got forwarded and I haven't heard anything, or I got forwarded, I off was offered a deal, I signed the deal, and it's been six months and I haven't gotten a single placement yet. So these two gentlemen are gonna address that topic in depth and take your questions in the ballroom. Is that something that you like? All right, so pretty positive response on that one as well. Um, yeah, I want to mention again, I don't know how to convey this every year to people. Um, it's amazing how many taxi members don't come to the road rally, even though we get a big crowd. It's just, we're, and I realize you got to buy a plane ticket for a lot of people, although California has a lot of people that are driving distance that don't come. A lot of people that are local to Los Angeles, they don't come. Why don't you come? Oh, it's such a hassle getting there in the 405. I want to spend $35 at the hotel on parking or whatever it is. Like, really? Somebody is putting the keys to the kingdom on a silver platter for you and putting it on your lap and you're not coming to that because there might be traffic or parking is a little expensive? Really? I, those people don't want to be successful. Those people just want to make music and want somebody else to go, you're a freaking genius. Your music should be everywhere in the world. Then take care of everything for them while they sit at home patting themselves on the back going, look at all the money I'm making. I'm, I'm wonderful. That's a fantasy. That is a fantasy. The people who are in this chat room that have been successful taxi members, the people who will be on stage at the road rally who are successful taxi members, the taxi members making tens of thousands of dollars a year, the taxi members making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, um, they all got that way because of their work ethic. And, and they met people at the road rally, they learned the right stuff to do at the road rally, all that stuff. So yeah, stay at home and watch TV and think, oh yeah, I should have gone to the road. Like, that breaks my heart. Michael's staring pose makes him look as he's frozen. Amazing. Aw, thanks, Martin. <laughs> All right. KJC9 Trader, driving there from Colorado driving here from Colorado. Now see, that's you will not regret it, just trust me. Mike is the hardest working man in show business. No, that was James Brown. Uh, I've actually worked on a couple sessions with James Brown back in like 19, 
75, I believe. Reed Geisland, or Geisland, coming from Japan. Yes. Um, we have another member. Oh, God. Amaro, what's his name? Amaro, uh, Amaro, who comes from Japan. And he's made so many great connections, and his English is about as good as my Japanese, which is not so good, kind of non-existent. Uh, Gesteland. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to practice that. <laughs> Heidi, L.A. is scary to navigate uh, for a small-town suburb girl. I'm from Ottawa, frickin' Illinois. Uh, you don't have to navigate L.A. All you have to do is just get to the hotel, which is a free shuttle ride from the airport, I might add. It's a five-minute ride from the airport on a free shuttle that says Weston on the top of it. You won't want to leave the hotel. Um, Can we, oh, you know what? This comes up every so often. Um, if somebody wants to, gosh, I don't know what to do. Can we figure out a matchmaking system to match taxi members up so they have one or more similar, similar style music producers to go to the classes, ballrooms, et cetera, and not feel alone? You know what, Ed? That's what the registration line is for. Um, we've thought about putting up bulletin boards. Uh, we would love to have a thing, you know, like looking for a female vocalist, looking for a producer that builds great EDM tracks. If we put up a physical, a big physical bulletin board to do that, so many people would just take their propaganda, there's a better word for it, but their stuff, and just plaster it all over. Haven't you ever noticed tables at the road rally? People will drop like 25 of their business cards on there. Minero, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Minero, I love that man. I get the biggest smile from him. He gets on a plane, you know, and he's not like 28 years old. I'm guessing he's in his 50s, and he flies all the way from Japan every year to come to the road rally. He is becoming wildly successful and I believe that taxis had a lot to do with it so hats off to Minero. Um, collaboration corner on the forums thank you Marion that definitely solves that problem um, Levi says I'm from Iowa it's easy to get to the hotel from LAX it really is uh, Mark Field says, I didn't leave the hotel even one time last year. Yeah, the only time people leave the hotel is to go to, it's either a Chinese restaurant or a Thai restaurant that's literally right next door. It's like 25 feet away from the hotel. Um, you don't need a car. Yeah, you don't need a car. You don't need a taxi. Well, you need this taxi, but not a taxi. Um, Wow, we are almost done. Four more minutes. Any other thoughts from you guys? Um, any other questions, suggestions? Michael Lehman's flying in from Brisbane. Already booked at the Westin. By the way, um, hotel prices are like $5 a night more than they were last year. Um, you cannot buy 
room nights at the Westin during the road rally anywhere at any of the brokers or the kayaks or aggregators, any of that stuff, you can't get the room cheaper. And if you book it through one of those people, we don't get any credit for that. Why, do, why does taxi need credit for your room nights? Because that's how we get the ballroom in the classrooms for free is by selling about 1,500 room nights in total. So if somebody goes through kayak or whatever, um, which you won't beat the price, but some people do it just because they feel like, yeah, I got myself a deal. Well, you, you can't get a deal because legally, none of those aggregators can sell a room cheaper during the road rally than the hotel offers it to you. And they give us a really good rate for you guys. So if you book it through kayak or any of the aggregators or buy it as a bundle with your plane ticket, whatever, even though you can't be the price, beat the price, what it does is it's less room nights. Even if you say, but I'm coming to the road rally, doesn't matter. If it's not booked through Bonvoy or Marriott or Weston, one of their brands that all that stuff funnels through, um, Taxi doesn't get the credit. And there was actually one year where a bunch of people did that because a couple members went on the forum and went, oh, I got it over here, I got it over there. They didn't get it any cheaper. And I had to fork out $25,000 about two weeks after the road rally to make up the shortfall. So please book your rooms through the link that we give you um, so that we can get the ballroom and stuff for free. I don't know if you've ever rented a ballroom for a wedding. You know, it can be like five to $10,000. We rent the ballroom from Thursday afternoon until Sunday night. Imagine how much the entire ballroom. I'm talking about not a wedding size ballroom, but like a ballroom that would hold four weddings. That's what we do. Collaboration corner. Um, yeah, uh, Sherry's reminding us that people did colored dots on your name tags one year. That was so people who hang out on the forum can identify other people who are regulars on the forum. I'm telling you, there's an entire community of people that, and it grows every year at the road rally. People love hanging out with each other. We're all shy to get past it. It's true. Uh, how do you book through Taxi? Uh, check your emails that you get from Taxi every day. Um, go to the Taxi website, click on our convention. There will be a link. Um, log in to your profile page, your Taxi profile page. The link is there. Um, We'll book through taxi this year. Thank you, Peaches. Really appreciate that because, I mean, we give this convention to you guys for free. But I don't want to have to lay out money <laughs> to pay for ballrooms that I could have gotten for free if you just booked your room with the link taxi gives you. We've tried, offered the Road Rally ballroom stage and sound system if anybody wants to get married that we will do the wedding in the Grand Ballroom. I kid you not. My daughter and son-in-law met at the road rally. My grandchildren would not exist if not for the road rally. I can think of two or three other people that have met at the road rally, ended up getting uh, married. Anyway, uh, I think that is it for now. Um, would you guys do me a favor? 
when you have ideas, other ideas after this show is over, could be tomorrow, could be in an hour, could be a week from now, go to the comments section under this video and drop your ideas in the comments section. I would really appreciate that. I am really in the thick of it right now and want to make this road rally the best ever. That's not marketing hype. That is my personal goal every year is to just make people go, holy crap, I can't believe Taxi gives away something of this quality for free. The road rally is legendary um, because we work so hard to make it such, make it so. So please join us. Also, uh, I want to let you know that next week uh, I'm going to have the aforementioned John Pearson and Jim Thacker join me on Taxi TV. And we're going to talk about crossing over. We're not talking about the clothes you wear. We're talking about crossing over from being a songwriter or artist to becoming a composer. There are still a lot of people out there, they hear the word sync. I want to be involved in sync. I want to get my music in film and TV. But they really don't know that the word composer doesn't always mean somebody with a baton and, and charted music sitting in a room full of, of orchestral players. A composer can be somebody with nothing more than an acoustic guitar and a harmonica. An acoustic guitar and a, you know, chorusine bottle on a dobro. Um, the, the word composer can mean many things. So both of these gentlemen, both Jim Thacker and John Pearson, were songwriters and they have become composers and they're going to tell you why they did it, how they did it, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> Gloria Covington, it took me a while, but I finally crossed over. There you go. All right. Well, great to see you all. I will see you next week. Don't miss that show. <clears throat> and please make sure that you join us um, or that you drop your comments about any other ideas you have. I really appreciate um, suggestions from members because so much of what Taxi is has been suggested by you. With that, I bid you a fond farewell and I will see you next week for another Taxi TV Live. Bye-bye.